Hello and welcome into the Daily Blues Podcast on 101 ESPN. My name is Dan Betlock. Glad you're along with us on this Friday, December 13th. Friday the 13th, 2019. Blues with an impressive victory over the Vegas Golden Knights last night at the Enterprise Center. Started off slow, but a dominant second period. Got the Blues uh, the victory last night. Got a little shaky in the third period, chasing the puck a little bit. But they did end up closing it out to get that victory. Let's hear how it happened. Two defensemen for their respective clubs. Each wears 27. Knights get it into the slot. Reeves backhands it on. And then it's pumped right back into the pads of Jordan Bennington by William Carrier, a former draft pick. So Zekov along the boards can't clear. Kairou trying to help him hold it in. He'll dig in with Falk, but it's played out to center. And Stastny gets it ahead. A partial break. They shoot. Save made by Bennington. As he denied the partial break for Alex Tuck, and the Blues go the other way. Out of the penalty boxes for Perron. Cross ice, dump it into the far corner to Sunquist flying in. Keeps it away from Schmidt centers. De La Rose drops it back. They shoot, they score! And Kevin! Right between the hash marks and then under the pads of the goaltender flurry. On a great touch to the middle from De La Rose. All led by the four check of Sunquist. And a goal by McEachern puts the Blues on top. 1-0 the score. 15.08 to go in the first period of play. Well, Oscar Sundquist doesn't waste much time getting involved here in this game. You mentioned it, Curbs. He's first on the forecheck, ties the puck up. He sees that second layer in Della Rose. And how about this play by Della Rose? He tries to take it to the net, realizes he's running out a little bit of space. Eyes behind his head. A double drop pass there to Mackenzie McEachern. Knights will clear to center. They go to the far side with it. Fired on, Bennington makes the save, and a rebound goes five-hole on him. And the Knights have scored with Max Pecioretti pumping it in. So after a terrific shift to get the goal, they followed up with a bad shift and give one up. 1-1 well, that- the score, 14.43 to go. He runs into Pareko, bodies fall down, and the puck controlled by no second to far corner. Knight Saucer at near side. Schmidt shooting it. They've scored. Carrier on the doorstep. They outmuscled the Blues defense. And the Knights have taken a 2 1 lead with 7.32 to play in the first period. Hard plays to, to Corral. Blues center. De La Rose shooting it on. And a save by Fleury. They score. A return chance. Petrangelo shot it. I think Sundquist deflected it in, Joe. And the Blues have tied the game at two. A good start to the second period, 18.26 to go. Middle period of play. Well, Craig Berube and his line adjustments, mid-game line adjustments, have been proven to just be so clutch and so timely. And you're going to see Oscar Sundquist out there. He's going to be with David Perron. As this puck gets to the net, it's a harmless shot from the outside. Getting to the inside, that's always going to be the key. you got to figure out a way to get to the inside, and Oscar Sundquist certainly does it right there as he tips the Petrangelo shot and goes past his former Penguin Golden teammate, Marc-Andre Fleury. Up two short-handed goals. Theodore's going to try to bring it in. He got around Pareko. They shoot it on, and Bennington will make the save. Shea Theodore caused a rare trip-up of Colton Pareko. And back in from Schwartz. Shen on his back end. Save me. Rebound. They score. 3-2 Blues. Jaden Schwartz fired it inside the far post as the Blues were able to hound that bouncing puck and bury it in. 5.07 to go. 
We're in the second period and the Blues have their first lead in four games. Crazy well, second one, forgot about the one another, but second one. Crazy is sad as well. It starts with the kill. The Vegas Golden Knights spent two minutes in the Blues defensive zone, snapping the puck around, shots from the point, shots from the inside, shots from down low. And you see Jordan Bennington standing tall. You see the Blues players with great sticks all over the ice. Petro gets a breakaway, starts pushing the Vegas Golden Knights back just a little bit. And then they capitalize. Up by O'Reilly to Pareko. He's got the line with Thomas. Thomas on his backhand, forehand, shoots, he scores! What a shot! Stayed short side, and he beat Flurry. And just like that, it's 4-2 St. Louis. Thomas the goal, 4-28 to play, second period. And just like Jaden Schwartz, Robert Thomas shoot the puck. The Blues players needed to do a better job over this last three-game skid, shooting the puck. Robert Thomas, he's a pass first. He looks to pass, he wants to pass. He makes a great, mature decision by realizing to not force anything. Throw it at the net. Marc-Andre Fleury is a little bit off his angle. He'd love to have this one back, but the fact that Robert Thomas shoots the puck is why this puck goes in. That's back-to-back -back goals. The fault, on this high slot shot, blocked off Tuck. And here come the Knights in transition. They enter the blue zone, right side, centering, and Falk broke it up. The puck deflected on Bennington, and Sharp again, he made the save. A puck cleared by the Blues, Gunnarsson to center. Cleared up to the line, but O'Reilly couldn't get it out. It goes down, Lozikov right on, and a save by Bennington. He's been good here in the third period. He's held Vegas to just two in the game on 24 shots. And a Blues of a 4-2 lead with 11.46 to go in the third period. Surpass Al in that department this year. Knights bring it in, breakaway off the bat, shoot and a glove save by Jordan Bennington. They worked a face-off play and split the Blues defense right down the middle. Draw one by the Knights, a slapper gets blocked off of Jaden Schwartz. Four seconds to go, the Knights center, they miss the net. Shen will clear to the line and out and bring out the Zamboni. The St. Louis Blues beat the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of four to two. And they snap a three-game losing streak, get back in the win column, and they claim first place in the Central Division now with 44 points on the year. Well, last night at Enterprise Center, the St. Louis Blues defeated the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of four to two. McKecker and Sunquist, Schwartz and Thomas, the goal scores for the Blues. A terrific performance by Jordan Bennington and Joe Vitale. Welcome back to the lineup, Oscar Sundquist. He led the way for St. Louis last night. He really did. He made so much noise in early, too. The four-check that set up the Mackenzie McEachern goal he got in in the second period with a nice tip. And this is a force, and you can see why everyone loves Oscar Sundquist and what kind of impact he has throughout this entire team. He just elevates everyone from players to coaches. The crowd was on their feet. It was a great rebound game last night for St. Louis. They needed it. They were playing a heavy team in the West. The Golden Knights brought the physicality. They pushed hard in their first period. The Blues hung on. They kept it within one. And then in that third period, something just really clicked for the St. Louis Blues. They took over, grabbed the two-goal lead in that second, and just held out. Jordan Bennington, Back in the net, really loved him back there. Starting to look like the old Jordan Bennington. Again, I think those last couple games were just a fluke. A great little reset now, and this homestand continues for the St. Louis Blues. And the St. Louis Blues continue a four-game homestand Saturday night against the Chicago Blackhawks. For Joe Vitale, I'm Chris Kerber on the St. Louis Blues Radio Network.
Our big thanks to Curb and Joy for the recap there for last night's game. As the Blues move forward to take on the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow night at the Enterprise Center. Some updates from practice. Steen and Sanford were on the practice ice today. Gunnarsson did not. Looks like Gunnarsson, as the Blues have recalled Nico Mikola from the San Antonio Rampage, with Gunnarsson being placed on the IR. Of course, Sunquist made his return last night look absolutely amazing, so the Blues could absolutely use Alexander Steen back uh, to help close out some of these games, get some more experience on the ice, that's for sure. And John Kelly sat down with Craig Berube today. It's part of his Boardwalk Hardwood Floor behind, or it's part of his Behind the Bench, presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Here's J.K. with uh, Craig Berube from earlier today. No team wants to go through a bit of a slump and obviously a little bit of adversity, but it was nice to get a win last night before the home folks. Yeah, it was for sure. Um, you know, you know, we played pretty good. I mean, there was things we got to do better, but uh, <clears throat> you know, the three lose the game, three game losing streak, uh, just not sharp. You know, and probably all three games. Uh, just going through a little uh, uh, spell right now where, you know, it's it's tough for it's tough sledding right now, and we got to work our way out of it. And um, I thought we did a better job last night in the game of uh, grinding it out and um, getting the win. But you know, these are kind of dog days for us right now, and that's what we're feeling a little bit. What do you mean by the dog days, Coach? Well, they normally come in January and February. <clears throat> but being that we played so long, obviously in the cup, and we win, um, you know, we got off to a real good start. You know, I thought the first two months of hockey were, was really, you know, played well for the most part. But now we're just—it seems like we kind of probably hit a wall a little bit, and this is where you got to just grind it out, and you got to like, you know, you got to just. You got to simplify your game. You, you might not. You might not feel like you got the jump every night, and it's just really going to take a real team effort here out for a while to get through it. So, at times at this uh, juncture of the season, is it a case of getting ready mentally and physically, and ramping up your game to match your opponents? Who, as we know, your club has a target on your back. Well, yeah, and that's why it's mental more than physical. It's just a mental grind right now. But uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you're a pro athlete. And you paid to play, so you got to pull. You know, you got to do the job. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, as a coach and staff, we'll make sure we're staying on these guys and uh, trying to get them, try to get them going. Coach, I know after last night's 4-2 victory in the press conference, uh, obviously you were happy with the win, but a couple of times you mentioned we have to get better. We have to be better. What do you mean by that? Well, we're just giving opportunities up that are unnecessary. You know, they're breakdowns that shouldn't happen. And I, t I get teams get scoring chances because they're good players and they're talented. But the ones we, you know, just some of the ones we're giving up uh, defensively are just uh, unacceptable. Coach, I know that uh, the Blues prior to last night had only scored four goals in the three losses. And uh, you were bemoaning the fact last week you're missing the net too much with some a quality chances. Did you feel you were more opportunistic last night? Yeah, we were better. We didn't miss on that a whole lot, and <clears throat> we had a better net front presence, which is important. We got to get to the net a little bit more. And yeah, you know, Sunquist is at the net. He tips one in. Just goals like that, they're important. Um, we just got to do a better job of that. All right, Craig Burby, let's go back. Um, last week, the Blues, of course, home to Toronto, a 5-2 loss. Barbashev and David Perron with the Blues goals, but uh, anytime you're down 4-1 after one, it's not a good thing. Was it a case of the Leafs really coming out flying or your club not 
sort of measuring up in that first period? I didn't feel the Leafs came out flying, to be honest with you. If you looked at the first five minutes of that game, we had some real good opportunities. Uh, you know, we actually looked pretty good. I just think that they we had a couple uh, turnovers and they, they scored on their opportunities and we didn't. That's what it boils down to. But, you know, in saying that, like, listen, I can go and critique the game and say, well, we got to do this better, that better, this and that. But that's not the case. Like, it's hockey's like if you you get opportunities sometimes in games and they don't go in but you know we got to do a better job of not forcing things and I think that we ended up forcing things on Toronto and and it turned bad for us you know and just didn't play our game just because sometimes you get impatient in addition your goaltender Jordan Bennington pulled for the first time in the regular season allowing four goals on 11 shots was it more a case of trying to get you know the team's attention or was it just one of those nights for Jordan well both I think both I think you know it was one of those nights for Jordan and uh, you know I just wanted to try to shake it up a little bit with the team I could have left him in there but I didn't feel like you know that was going to do anybody good at that point so I pulled him and tried to get a response and see what would happen. But coach, big picture, it's the first time, as you know, he's lost two games in regulation in the regular season. That's a heck of a run for a young goalie. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, during the regular season, he lost two in a row in the playoffs, and, you know, he bounced back. I mean, it, I think it gets blown out of proportion, but, you know, I, them are all stats and stuff that people keep and look at. Coach, obviously down 4-1, but prior to the end of the period, it's 2-1, and your club has a power play, and you give up a shorthanded goal. In a way, you might look at that goal as the key goal in the hockey game. Definitely. Mistakes. That's what I'm talking about. Just mistakes like that that shouldn't happen. Uh, that shouldn't happen, and you know, it just it did, and you pay a price for it, and that's why that's why you lose the hockey game because you're careless. It's careless hockey. Yeah, were you careless with the puck too much against a highly skilled club? You know, giving pucks away at center and things like that. Definitely, that's how they that's how they score goals, and you know, we 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 fed right into you know their their the way they want to play, and uh, they capitalized on their chances, and we you know we had chances, like I said but we didn't capitalize on any of them. All right, Coach, after Saturday's loss, your club on the road for one. Tuesday in Buffalo, a 5-2 loss. Buffalo had a couple of empty net goals. Troy Brower and Petrangelo get the goals for your club. Um, I know you talked the morning of the game in Buffalo about a better start, but Reinhardt scores 18 seconds in on a bit of a fluky play when the puck went off of David Perron. So, obviously, that's a tough start for your team. It is. It was a tough start for sure, the first shift, and it goes in your net over, uh, you know, off a of skate. But, you know, that happens. And you just, you, I thought we recovered well from it, though. I, I didn't think we were that bad. I thought we, um, you know, came back in that game. And again, it's just, uh, you know, just a terrible mistake all around on the Eichel goal, the game-winning goal. Now you're down 3-2. That game could have went to overtime 2-2, and who knows, right? So we, we, in my opinion, we lost a point in that game. That game should have went, we should have had that game wrapped up with a tie at least. That should never have given that Eichel goal up. Yeah, he obviously is the most dangerous player on Buffalo, and, and on the play, he sort of swoops out of the corner, and I know Thomas was there, Dunn and Petro on defense. Uh, was it a case of, you know, each player thinking, well, the other guy has him, and nobody had him? Yeah, and maybe no talk, no communication, uh, and just not having an aggressive mindset. Just so much, I don't care who it was, go at the guy. Just go at him. And um, normally we do that, but we didn't.
You can catch the Behind the Bench with John Kelly and Craig Berube Friday nights on 101 ESPN. Last night during our pregame show, we had a chance to sit down with EJ Reddick of the NHL Network, talked a little bit of blues and spun around the hot topics around the league. Here's an interview for you now. It's EJ Reddick with Alex Ferrario. There's a lot going on around the National Hockey League, so let's start start with one of the first storylines, and of course that's what's going on tonight here in St. Louis. It's the St. Louis Blues trying to break out of a little bit of a slump right now, a three-game losing streak, but uh, it sure doesn't seem like the sky is falling, EJ. Well, when you win the Stanley Cup the year before and your team is <laughs> sitting there with a pretty good start to the season and all your point behind the Colorado Avalanche in the Central Division, I, I think that you're probably pretty confident in your abilities to, to keep things uh, moving in the right direction. They had one four in a row and looked terrific. And then the last three games, it's just gone the other way and it hasn't been as good. And, you know, they get uh, Oscar Sundquist. Looks like he'll be back tonight. And, you know, Jordan Bennington doesn't have too many bad games in a row. So I would expect that the Vegas Golden Knights will have their hands full tonight in St. Louis against the Blues. Well, in the Central Division is not an easy division, EJ. And, I mean, that's even saying after a struggling start to the Dallas Stars and to the Nashville Predators. But when you look at the other two teams, the one that just leapfrogged the St. Louis Blues the other night and the other one that's on their heels, the Colorado Avalanche and Winnipeg Jets, it goes to show you how crucial this 12-game Western Conference homestand or game stand this is for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I mean, these are good teams. And, uh, you know, I think Colorado and St. Louis uh, are probably uh, above the rest at this point. Uh, You know, Dallas has had some interesting interesting seasons so far in a lot of different ways. A bad start, really turns it around. Now the the Jim Montgomery news the other day, Rick Bonus takes over behind the bench. So, um, you know, like Winnipeg, I've been very impressed with. I think they lean on their goaltender, Connor Hellebuck, an awful lot. And he has been really good this year. I think it's the Hellebuck we saw from two years ago. So, uh, you know, it is uh, the tough division. Nashville, you got to think they're going to figure things out and play better. Minnesota's been hot of late. The Hawks kind of go hot and cold and, you know, saw some dangerous uh, players within their group. So it is a really hard division, and it's, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be hard to make the playoffs in the in the Central and the Western Conference. So, uh, you know, you have to get the points uh, and, and have those, you know, make sure that those cold streaks aren't too, aren't too long. And that's what the Blues are trying to do tonight. I mean, to kind of stop the bleeding after three losses. EJ, the Blues haven't seen Winnipeg yet, and I know you touched on it a little bit there. They'll see them later this month. But what is it right now that's making Winnipeg so dangerous? I, I think that, again, I think that Connor Hellebuck, and you dig into the numbers with the goaltenders and the high danger chances and the save percentage in those situations, I mean, he has just been outstanding this year for them. And, you know, remember, this is a team that it looks totally different on defense. I mean, they tried to move Truba, you know, Sherratt left as a free agent, the uh, Dustin Bufflin thing, uh, you know, he hasn't been part of this. And, uh, you know, that's going to take a turn into litigation, it looks like now, or at least uh, some kind of uh, arbitration maybe uh, about his future. And, um, you know, so this has been a different group on the back end. And, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler has uh, made some changes to, you know, his style of leadership this year. He's moved to a second unit away from the Mark Shifley line. And uh, I got to give Paul Maurice a lot of credit because there were a lot of challenges coming into camp with this group, with so many, uh, with the defense that had to be remodeled and, you know, give credit to someone like Neil Pionk comes over from the Rangers in that trade that's had Jacob Truba go to New York and, uh, you know, not somebody that was really highly thought of. I believe he was an undrafted uh, player that the Rangers signed as a college free agent. And, uh, you know, he's come to Winnipeg and been very solid. He's a plus player. He's 
got the 16 points in 31 games and over 23 minutes a night. So they're getting by with, uh, you know, with a little different look on defense. But I think it all starts with Connor Hellebuck being so good in goal. Again, we're talking with E.J. Raddick of NHL Network here on the Mitsubishi Electric pregame show presented by First Community. So, E.J., the news coming out yesterday, San Jose Sharks going in a different direction. They make it very clear it has nothing to do with everything that's been going on in the National Hockey League. This just strictly seems like a decision by San Jose to go in a different direction. Yeah, well, I mean, the Sharks have had, uh, you know, a difficult season. They in Their October was terrible. Um, they somehow kind of righted the ship in November. I think that was in large part due to a, a favorable schedule and a lot of home games. Uh, they get on the road over the last, uh, you know, seven to ten days, and it was a real struggle for them. They got blown out in uh, Florida and Tampa Bay, uh, lost a close one in Nashville, and, uh, you know, they decide at this point that they want to make a change. I, I think it was really the only way to affect change for Doug Wilson as the manager there because I think he's kind of created these problems in 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 trying to win and they're trying to find those pieces to, to to fit the puzzle like like you guys in St. Louis have seen for years leading up to last year different managers in different eras trying to piece together those last few strokes to the painting to find that perfect chemistry and you know sometimes you get there in the case of the Blues they were able to get there the Sharks haven't been able to get there yet. And Doug Wilson keeps looking for ways, and they've brought in a lot of guys at high uh, dollar amounts and in a salary cap league that forces you to make decisions. They lose their captain last year. Joe Pavelski leaves as a free agent. Uh, you know, uh, they lost Jonas Donskoy. He's a free agent. Uh, they've had some other guys come in this year, some younger players they're leaning on. I think the roster is, is leaner. And they play defense with, you know, two really high-risk, high-reward guys in Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. And, uh, you know, they give up a lot of good scoring chances because they're risk-takers and their goaltenders haven't been up to the challenge. So uh, I don't think there was anything else um, that Doug Wilson could do. I don't think he's got any real tradable commodities there when you think of the contracts some of these guys have. So I think he's just doing the thing that GMs do, which is to change the voice and change the direction and hope that the players in that room will get jump-started from that. We've seen it happen in different places, but, uh, boy, I think the problems in San Jose may be a little deeper than that, and I think Peter DeVore has been a really good coach there. So um, we'll see how Bob Bookner is able to handle things. Yeah, and it sure seems like the players really loved playing for Pete DeBoer as well. Final one for EJ Raddick here with us for our NHL Rundown segment. And EJ, of course, the Board of Governors meeting this week was the main topic. And the takeaway from that was Gary Bettman talking about the four-point plan for the coaches and for everyone involved with hockey to better the game. But another point that I feel like is not talked about as much because of everything that's going on is the World Cup of Hockey and the Winter Olympics. Of course, the CBA is kind of keeping that band right now, but at least it seems like they're gaining some traction in the NHL wanting to get it back, correct? Well, I mean, that's a negotiation between the Players Association and the and the league. It seemed like the players really enjoyed participating in the best-on-best uh, best tournament in the Olympics. I think that the, the league would like to work with the NHLPA on the, on the idea of another World Cup. Uh, they've ruled that out. I think there was some talk of doing it in, in February of 2021. They don't feel there's enough time now. Um, but that will continue to be on the I think on the docket down the road for the league, I guess we'll see what they do in 2022. The Olympics are going to be in China. That's a pretty big market to have your game uh, be, uh, you know, showcased in, in some way. And so I guess we will see when the players and the league negotiate, uh, you know, if that's a, if it's a piece that the players want bad enough to, to negotiate something away for it. So uh, I guess we'll see how that plays out. 
but uh, certainly uh, the league does like the idea of the of the World Cup format. They just don't have uh, they don't have enough time, at least in their mind, to get it done next next February. You can catch our NHL rundown segment of every pregame show on our Mitsubishi Electric pregame show on 101 ESPN. Let's hit a Clarkson Jewelers player profile. Let's look at Alex Petrangelo's day with the cup. It's time to get to know your blues with a Clarkson Jewelers blues player profile. Clarkson Jewelers is an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So for tonight's Clarkson Jewelers player profile, let's take a look at how some of the blues players spent their day with the Stanley Cup. Now, I know we're ways removed from it in the middle of this season now, but it's always good to go back on what this team went through last year. And we'll start with the captain, Alex Petrangelo. Of course, we already talked about it, 100 goals in his career. But how was his his day with the Stanley Cup? Um, long one, because you want to make sure you get everybody involved, right? So back home, it was more family oriented and my close friends where I grew up. It's, um, and here where we did a lot of charity stuff and some people uh, and my wife's family from here. But for me, it was really about um, getting the people involved to help me get here, um, especially back home, the people that I grew up with, the people that, you know, helped me, help my parents, you know, get to the rink when I was a kid. and all the people that really made me who I am today because that's the reason you know why you're here and uh, it was the same thing down here there's a lot of people you know my wife being from here we know a lot of uh, friends and family so they're playing an important role especially now with kids we've got a lot of people helping us and help my wife when I'm on the road so let's make sure you uh, take some time and, and enjoy it with those people and while Alex got his name enshrined in history last season it was another family member who had already accomplished that feat my dad's cousin Frank is on there so he came like a party in Toronto and uh it was kind of cool to see you know his name and we found it it was it was a neat thing to look real at. question how long did it take to find it well the cup guys know right away oh, wow. took him like less than a minute yeah they knew right away winning the cup no question a dream come true for Petro who's been in the league for so long but it's even more special now that he gets to celebrate with his wife and his three young kids I always said um I wanted to make sure I had a chance to win when I the kids because it's something when they get older. I mean, they're not going to remember it right now, but when they get older, it's going to be pretty cool to see. We had some pretty good pictures and videos of them playing with it um, at our house, so it's pretty special. A special ending for an even more special family. It was so cool to see Alex's kids, the triplets, in, in the uh, the bowl of the cup. That's for sure. It was a cute photo that they had. Special day with the Petrangelos and the Stanley Cup. That's going to wrap it up for today's Daily Blues podcast. Remember, folks, go see a ball game often. Follow your local teams. It really is fun for the entire family. Blues Blackhawks tomorrow, 101 ESPN, 6 o'clock with the pregame show, 7 o'clock puck drop with Curb and Joey. I'm Dan Butlock signing off on 101ESPN.com.